0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris, Chris, when the cats are away, the mice will play. So welcome to the mouse nest. How are you? what's going on man we're excited to talk with you uh, without the burden of jake and gordon this week i want to start right here you and howard uh met or had on your uh, crossover podcast the guy who's in charge of all the strategy connected to the scheduling the play-in tournament's a hot button topic right now what was your conversation with him like on your podcast did this stuff come up
1: uh, oh, that was actually Howard's version of it. He did that interview himself, oh, and gotcha. I listened to it, and he did it with Evan Wash, who is uh, one of the scheduling czars. Um, it, this topic came up in a roundabout way in a discussion of how tanking has been significantly cut back on this year. You've got 24 teams that are mathematically in the playoff race right now and really only, quite frankly, only one team that's just brazenly tanking at the moment, and that's Oklahoma City. Now, the reason that's a roundabout way of talking about this is that there's a reason 24 teams are in the playoff mix because of the play-in tournament, because if you get into that 10 spot, you give yourself a chance to play yourself into the playoffs, and that's something I think the league remains uh, very excited about no matter what public comments come out there.
0: I asked uh, one of our earlier guests today, because uh, LeBron brought up the, the play-in and said whoever came up with that ought to be fired, and he wasn't talking about this when his team wasn't uh, <laughs> going towards uh, having to be in the play-in tournament, and so I get, I get why he's upset. But I asked, who's more important to his team's championship hopes, Donovan Mitchell being healthy or LeBron James being healthy? Which one would you go with?
1: Oh, I mean, God, it's six and one half dozen the other. I mean, neither <laughs> team wins – Without that respective player, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put any money on either team getting out of the first round without uh, that player. They're that important. I would probably say Mitchell is a little bit more important because actually, you know, the Lakers could be competitive in the first round if Davis is healthy, if Dennis Schroeder is healthy and playing. I mean, there's there's some pathways there without Mitchell. Uh, you know, you've, you guys have seen Clarkson who. I think a lot of people probably thought was going to be a reasonable facsimile for Mitchell coming in. Hasn't really been that guy uh, since he's been out with that injury. So I'd probably say Mitchell is a little bit more important, but neither team is going anywhere. And, you know, to the the point about the play-in game, like we've heard two teams gripe about it. They have been the Lakers and LeBron and Dallas and Luka Doncic. Mm. And both those teams are in the mix or at that time were in the mix for the play-in game as the number seven seed. That's the big issue here. Like, I don't think these teams, if they were in the eighth spot, would be as against this. I think the fact the seventh seed is involved in this is irking some players in and around that spot. But I don't hear anybody on San Antonio or Golden State complaining (laughs) about the play-in game. I don't hear anybody on Washington or Indiana or Charlotte complaining about the play-in. I mean... You know, it's it's very subjective, and you know it's clear LeBron has some skin in the game with this uh, this uh, uh, gripe,
2: and it's going to make for some great for some great television.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, the I, I think the play like I was saying to somebody earlier, like I don't watch a lot of the baseball playoffs. What I, I sure watch every year is that their version of the play in where they do that one game uh, playoff, the wild card game. Um, that's fun. And it's early fun. Like, you know, we we get to the finals or the conference finals. You know, we know that's compelling television. But the first and second round of the playoffs, oftentimes they can be boring. Uh, this brings a level of excitement uh, to the first round of the postseason that we haven't seen before. And as I said earlier, like, the fact that so many teams are in this mix, that makes the regular season more compelling. I mean, that, that makes these games that we're watching, you know, featuring the Wizards and the Pacers and other teams, uh, actually meaningful games i mean look put it this way if the wizards didn't have the play-in tournament you think they'd be playing as hard as they are right now you yeah, think no. we wouldn't see bradley Beal shut down or you know somebody else shut down i mean that's just you know they, they have an outside shot of getting into the playoffs and they're taking advantage of it and that's why i think not only is the play-in tournament good now i think some version of it will be around for a very long time
0: and so th- those nines and tens love it oh, yeah, The absolutely. sevens and eights are like ah
1: what modif- yeah, nines and ten love it like eleven and twelve probably love it. You know, teams that are like maybe this. There's probably half a dozen teams in both conferences that that think it's it's valuable. I, I just, uh, you know, the, the 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 positives just far outweigh the negative when it comes to the playing.
2: What kind of uh, modifications do you think will happen to the playoff stuff next year?
1: I, I don't think seven will be involved ever again, and that might you know codify some of the the, the people having issues uh, there. Um, I think uh, I think you'll see eight and nine involved in a play-in, much like it was last year in the playoffs. And I do think there might even be a stipulation that the nine seed has to be within, say, three games of the eight seed. I don't think the NBA wants a scenario where the eight seed is seven games up on the nine seed, and you know, just because the eight seed has a bad, has one injury or mild injury, uh, they get knocked out of the playoffs. That's not what the NBA is trying to do. They're not trying to. To water down the regular season and to minimize the value of the regular season, but if they're a couple of games between eight and nine, why not have a playing game to to decide who who gets to go to the playoffs?
0: There was a time not too long ago that I was saying the Portland Trailblazers might be a big big problem in the playoffs, and it was right after the trade for a uh, for a uh, Powell that I that I said this, and then they kind of faded for a bit. But I saw you tweeting about. The road trip recently for the Portland Trailblazers, you feel like they are coming back around to life.
1: Well, they're 4-0 on this trip going into the game tonight against Atlanta. They beat some good teams. They've had a touch of luck along the way. The Pacers were banged up. The Nets uh, were without Kevin Durant. So they they, you know, they they took the schedule as it was. But, I mean, this is a team before this six-game road trip started that looked like they were dead in the water. I mean, they were just getting hammered uh, on their home floor. I think Memphis beat them two games in a row in portland before the road trip starts and you know whatever happened on this trip and look sometimes going on the road can galvanize a team it can bring them together and make them realize that it's us against the world and in situations like this and that appears to be uh some of what it's done uh for portland uh, you can see Damian lillard start to move a little bit better his injury issues have been an ongoing problem for portland uh cj mccollum played great against boston last night I, uh, you know, look. I, I'm not ready to buy stock in the Blazers as a potential first-round, you know, playoff upset at this point. But uh, they are certainly showing more signs of life than I thought of maybe a week ago.
2: So, of those three teams that are still stuck at that 36 and 28, the Dallas, Dallas, LA, and Portland, which team would you want to face in the playoffs? Uh,
1: I mean, probably Portland. But it's a coin flip, really, between Portland and Dallas. Nobody wants to play the Lakers, like no, no matter what they're, they're, they're doing now. Nobody wants to touch the Lakers. I mean, I, I think both Dallas and Portland um, have their strengths and weaknesses. Dallas, obviously, the Doncic Porzingis combination is excellent. The backcourt in Portland. I probably lean towards Portland because their defense is just atrocious. Um, they, they don't defend anybody, and that, that's that's been part of their problem all season long. So I don't see that improving dramatically by the time the, the playoffs rolled around. But, yeah, you, know, you go up against Portland, you got to you know brace yourself for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum going for 50-plus uh, between them and, and and watch out for that. So uh, I, th- I think that both those teams have, have certain strengths.
0: I'll challenge you just a little. You say no one wants to play the Lakers regardless of what they're doing now. If LeBron is this LeBron, if it's this injured LeBron, does that change it at all, though?
1: Well, I mean, if he's injured, yes, but, like, you know, betting against LeBron is like anticipating Charlie Brown to kick the football. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't work. Like I mean, I've done it like for years. When he was in the Eastern Conference, I was like, oh right, yeah, but this is Boston's year and Atlanta's deep and Milwaukee's deep. like every year we bet against LeBron doing something great, and he goes out and does something great. What is the definition of insanity? What doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result? Like maybe we should stop betting against LeBron James. Uh, in the playoffs, now, there are obvious warning signs here. I mean, the, the ankle injury, uh, the longest stretch he sat out for an injury in his career, that's new. Uh, him saying that he's uh, never going to be 100% again, that's new. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, who I, I cannot believe, like, with, uh, this, this is a separate conversation, but with the vaccine available right now, I mean, the, the, a guy going out for 14 days in, oh. in the COVID protocols, that's just, that, that's. I don't know what the word is for that, but it's it's too bad for sure. Uh, but losing him is a backbreaker. I mean it, they were all four when Schroeder was out uh, back in February March uh, and losing him for that long and then potentially have to, to reintegrate him. I mean look, you know Utah's been been like you know Utah as much as any team in the league has been as diligent about the COVID protocols uh, as any team. They, they have been great. they have, they have I mean part of Quinn Snyder's mantra you guys have heard this like attack attack the, uh, attack COVID basically like let's attack this and let's make sure we are as protected as any team in the league, but got teams that are affected by it. I mean, I, you see Jason Tatum in Boston. Evan Fournier said something yesterday. Like, you know, if you catch COVID, like uh, sometimes there are long-term effects and you're still dealing with stuff. And I don't know when Dennis Schroeder is going to be right again. Will he, he's out for 10 to 14 days. will he be out even longer. And if he is, that's a body blow for mm-hmm. the Lakers. So I, I think that, you know, you know, obviously there are some variables here with the Lakers that we need to account for, but I'm just. I'm done betting against LeBron. I'm, I'm done thinking he can't do something because every time I think that, he goes and does it.
2: Do you um, do you anticipate some creative scheduling and creative play by those top four teams to try and avoid the Lakers?
1: I, I mean, maybe in the last couple of games, I don't know what the upside is now. I mean, I read some stuff after the Jazz Suns game, like was Utah throwing that game. I, I don't know if I. Uh, that, that to me doesn't. I don't know what the what that's all about. Like that, it's just too early for that. I mean, mm-hmm. you mentioned the teams that are bunched together, four, or five, and or five, six, and seven. Like, yeah, that can change in a week. You know, you could have, you know, the Clippers drop down. I mean, well, probably not the Clippers, yeah, but you could so have, those, you last, have the, uh, so those
2: last couple of games of the year. You worry about when you can really try yeah, and mean, maybe I, I piece that last, together.
1: Yeah, I think the last couple of games, you could see some some creative lineups from teams. <laughs> you could see some some benchings and and things like that designed to. To take a loss. I just think it's too early to do that now. You just don't know. I mean, the Lakers could fall to, to six, and then you want to be the number one seed, because you would avoid the Lakers yep. potentially until the conference finals. So I think that's that, to me, is a bit of a stretch that, that teams should be uh, jockeying for position right now.
2: So who do you think ends up with the one seed?
1: I mean, I think it was, it was the strength of schedule. I was looking at my favorite website, com, <laughs> which always, it always gives the strength of schedule. And that's mm-hmm. always what I kind of look for uh, early on, um, I, I probably lean towards Utah. I think their schedule a little bit easier from yeah. what I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know when they get Mitchell back, they'll be they'll they'll, they'll take a jump on, on that on that count. So it might be close, and it might be one game. We might be looking back at that game the other day that that was a difference maker. But right now, I lean towards Utah. get the number one seed. And that's important. Like screw screw everything else. Like it doesn't you know. Don't worry about you know where you're facing the Lakers right now, whether it's the second round or the, the – I mean, you don't want to play in the first round. If they wind up as like the eighth seed or the, even the second seed or seventh seed. You want to stay far, far away from them there, but – Second round, third round, big deal. you got to have to face them eventually. You might as well face them when you can.
0: Yeah, the fascinating thing is I looked at that website today as well, uh, Chris, and they've got Phoenix and Utah tied today for strength of schedule left. Yeah. But Phoenix has that tiebreaker having beaten
2: the Jazz twice. So. And fi- 538 has the Jazz beating Phoenix by one. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Interesting.
1: Hey, uh, Luka. We know polls are never wrong.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> never.
0: And never boring uh, either. Luka Doncic uh, is a technical away from suspension, he said. I'm not going to get another one, plan on, uh, I won't get another one. What is the Chris Mannix odds that Luka Doncic gets to the playoffs without a one-game suspension?
1: I think, I think he's he's got a decent chance of getting that suspension. He's really going to have to buckle down. You know, I know Mark, Mark Cuban took exception to – I think it was Zach Lowe that said it first that, that Luka complains a lot. He does. He, he complains a lot. And, you know, when – when you do that as often as he does and he's not alone in this I mean I, I could name a half a dozen players off the top of my head that are just constant gripers um, when it comes to foul calls but when you do that so often you lose the benefit of the doubt with referees I mean you if you just if you're that demonstrative and you start using like hand motions of be automatic technical you're always going to get one if you if you wave your hand at a referee but even if you're just talking and, and yelling and, and coming down the other floor the referee's going to call something so I, I I just based on history this season I th- I think he's going to get that <laughs> that that technical and, and we may see Luka Doncic suspended for a game. Hmm. Uh
0: finally Chris I want to ask you the Jazz and winning the Western Conference Finals focusing on just the Jazz really? given let's say that we've given them perfect health to start the playoffs what is the one thing standing between Utah and a Western Conference Finals uh, uh w- appearance in the NBA Finals I should say.
1: You know I- we can go back down the rabbit hole of can Donovan Mitchell succeed in a big role? Um, who is going to be that secondary scorer? Uh, those are all key variables to me. Like I'm watching what Clarkson's doing, and you know he's opened up the sixth man of the year race by not playing that well. Like I mean, he, he if it's Jordan Clarkson we saw in the first half of the season where he looked like a runaway winner for six man. Uh, that's going to be important because, you know, when the Jazz go to the bench, he is the bench. I mean, I hope Joe Ingles is, is having a great season. Uh, but when it comes to, like, individual scoring, like, Clarkson's the guy that creates shots. And they need him to be uh, efficient. They need him to be uh, a, a potent scorer. And right now, I, I don't know. I mean, I've just, I'm just sort of speculating at this point. But, like, he, he looks kind of like, looks like a step slow, sluggish. Something's going on with him out there that he's not been the same player that I watched in December, January, and February. And they need that guy. In the playoffs, if that guy shows up, I think the Jazz have a great chance of getting to the finals, with all the other things included. Uh, but if Clarkson is kind of this version of himself, and, and and you're not getting the A-level guy that we saw in the first half of the season, uh, that that's going to be something they're going to have to that that's going to be a hole they're going to have to fill. And and internally, I don't know if they have the horses to do it.
2: So going off that same comment with the shooting of Clarkson, how important that is? Do you with the Jazz obviously having one of the best three-point shooting years ever? Do you worry about bad shooting nights for the Jazz in the playoffs, or do you think their defense can overcome it?
1: No, you worry about bad shooting nights because, I mean, I I talked to a bunch of players in the last month, and it's pretty clear they don't give a damn when in the shot clock they shoot. Like, they're just going to keep throwing them up there as early and often as possible. It's just part of their game plan. And, yeah, you know, in the playoffs, possessions become more valuable. That's, there's a history of that. And if you wind up having a night where you're shooting, you know, 43 pointers and you're doing it at a sub 30 percent rate that's put a lot of pressure on your defense a big time problem so yeah it's you know their defense is excellent Rudy Gobert is in my mind the defensive player of the year and and certainly as as someone in the Jazz organization told me a a walking top 10 defense uh but there's only so much he you know he can take if you're always kind of defending in transition and and not able to to set your defense on in the half court Uh, you've got to shoot a reasonably high percentage to have all those threes uh, become effective. Golden State was able to do it uh, for so many years because they had a lot of effective three-point shooters led by Curry and by Clay Thompson. Then Durant comes on board. You've got to be efficient if you're Utah and you want to be this three-point bombing team.
0: Quick uh, correction and retraction before we let you go, Chris. Uh, I was looking at the Tankathon draft lottery (laughs) rankings. The Jazz do have a a much easier schedule left than the Phoenix Suns, so don't go on another show and say, oh, they're tied. So. I was wrong.
1: <laughs> you're, you're, oh, <laughs> no, no problem. I was, I was not going to repeat your information. <laughs> <laughs> That's always That's, a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that, make sure
2: you double-check Austin always. <laughs> um, question that has major implications for the Jazz in the offseason as far as their financial picture. Do you think this injury costs Mitchell an All-NBA spot?
1: Oh, uh, Good question. Um, I don't know. Probably. Probably, I would have to say. And I was having this conversation with someone that knows Mitchell Recently, not about like the financial aspect of it, but you know where does he belong in the All NBA list? And this was pre-injury. At the time, I said to this person, I was like, look, I I think Donovan Mitchell is top five MVP. If he's top five MVP, then he's got to be first team All NBA. Now, obviously, he's out of the MVP equation with the time he's missed uh, with injury. uh, But is he out of the All NBA first, second, or third team? I I don't. It's going to be really close. Mm -hmm. Like you can make a list right now of six guys you'd probably put ahead of him um does that hold up to the end of the season i mean how long is mitchell out i mean honestly these last what is it nine eight nine games that are left mm-hmm. in the year uh if he how many he plays in how well he plays that could really go a long way towards and how will the team play like if the jazz get the number one seed and mitchell close the season strong that's going to be a, a push in his direction if they you know scuffle and finish behind phoenix and closer to denver and and uh and to the clippers um, you know, that's not going to work out well for him either. But, yeah, it, it's it's going to be tough. It's as deep as they get at the All-NBA, at the guard spot uh, for All-NBA spots. But, I mean, look, everybody else's injuries, too. Like James Harden was another guy looked like an MVP lock, you know, a month ago, and or at least yep. an MVP frontrunner a month ago. And now he's, you know, out of the lineup for as long as he's been. And I'm not sure where I put him in the All-NBA spot because he has to own, you know, the complete nonsense that happened the first two weeks in Utah, or in uh, Houston, rather. So mm-hmm. I I think it's going to be really interesting to see how these boats are made and how they line up because there's a lot of guys that have can make strong cases for all nba spots
0: he's chris mannix from sports illustrated with us every monday find him on twitter at si chris mannix check out his podcasting and and his writing as well chris we'll do it again next week you got it guys there we go chris mannix now jeff i've asked myself i've asked pk and i've asked chris one thing standing between the jazz and it all uh, with a given health, one thing standing between the Jazz and all, where what would your answer
2: be? I think it's the Jazz being the Jazz. Uh-huh. I think if the Jazz, when we, they saw them go twenty and one in the middle of the season, and they had that rhythm on offense, they're unbeatable. If they if they're playing that basketball game, they can hold that off in the playoffs. I don't see anybody beating them because they were playing so well as a team. They had the talent, and they were playing as a team, and with that defense behind it. You're not losing.
0: How do you? Th- what do you think it takes to get that? Is it ending the season on a nice little winning streak what, and filling bouncy?
2: I think it's important to get Mitchell and Conley back with, I, I mean, I think three, at least three, three, four games I think they need to get. Yeah. I don't mind the three games starting with Portland, but they need to have that rhythm back come playoff time. And you're also going to have a – you also got to imagine you're going to have a four- five-day break. Yeah, yep, for right? sure. There's yeah. going to be a four- or five-day break with all those playing games happening. So – I mean, I think they're going to beat themselves, but the other thing is, there's just so many good teams in the NBA. It's crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, you look at one through eight, one through ten in the Western Conference, and I don't want to want to play any of them. You can make an yeah, argument. A, you wouldn't want to play for any of all of them. them. Every yes, one yes. of those teams, you can make an argument that maybe not, not to mem- win at all, but maybe to, not Memphis. Well, I don't think Memphis could get to the conference finals. I think they're the only one of the ten that I, I mean I, as a,
0: avoid them in the first round. Yeah, yeah, But you can make it, an
2: argument. You can definitely make an argument on that, and I don't know. Getting Golden State in the first round, that would be a scary matchup. No, I, don't like, I no. don't like it. I don't like it because Curry can get hot, and Curry gets hot, it's tough. Yeah, and uh, Don, uh,
0: Rudy Gobert as great as he is at defense. When you've got him stretched out on Steph yeah. Curry, advantage Curry.
2: Although, as I keep telling one of my buddies from California who lives in Golden State area and is a huge Golden State fan, there's not a lot around Curry. I'm not a big Wiggins fan. I'm not a big Uber fan. <laughs> You know you don't like Draymond Green. Uh, Well, that's a given.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Neither do the referees. (laughs) His water's wet. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next, we'll uh, take a break from the NBA chat to get into some NFL draft coverage with Josh Edwards of CBSSports.com. Don't forget, we've got some jazz tickets to give away for tonight's game. We'll be doing that very shortly right here on The Big Show.